Got Your Back Podstream is brought to you by Kinprint. For all your company's promotional needs, they do it all. Apparel, promotional products, using the highest quality brands. They do logo design, signage, and printing. Kinprint will promote your brand with excellence. Visit kinprint.ca. Out with September and in with October. Happy Sunday night. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. Welcome to Got Your Back. Y-E-G. Rashog, Strudwick, and Brownie. Yes, Rob Brown makes it a court tonight, along with Zuby, Struds, and I. Got Your Back is always brought to you by Sherwood Buick GMC, our title sponsors. Awesome dealership just off Baseline Road on the way into Sherwood Park. They've actually got stock. So if you're looking to buy something right now, whether it's new or used, go see Phil and the crew over there. Tell them that Got Your Back podcast sent you. If you do and you buy something, they'll give you a couple years of complimentary oil changes and then free, three free ultimate detail packages. So oil changes and detailing. If you mention Got Your Back over at Sherwood Buick GMC or visit SherwoodBuickGMC.com. We are coming to you from our long shot studio here in Sherwood Park. More than just golf, it's a sports destination. Locations on Stony Plain Road and in Sherwood Park as we check in with the gentlemen. Uh, how was the weekend, Brownie? It's been fantastic. It's been lazy. Doing a whole lot of nothing, and I'm very, very good at that. <laughs> uh, like, you on the other hand have been running around for pretty busy that's but that's how brownie forecheck right just look busy move your arms a lot look like hey i got it i'm getting in there and then like seriously you you yeah. move your arms fast they think you're going fast yeah i fooled many a coach many a coach i move my arm fast to think that people think i skated fast uh it didn't work very well uh yeah pretty busy week i know the kids are a little bit younger than uh they're in that area where it's, there's lots of action. So I was driving all over. I think I was uh, north side, Spruce Grove, uh, West End, and then finally home around uh, oh, boy. Six, seven. I saw a lot of the city uh, and our surrounding communities today. Putting some kilometers on. Yeah. Uh, Got to get you into a Sierra 1500 like I have. We'll handle those kilometers well, Struts. <laughs> I feel good about it. Uh, tonight on the podcast, uh, we're going to chat a little bit about uh, uh, the news that came out of Oilers today. Brandon Sutter released from his PTO and has retired. We'll get into that. We're going to talk about the battles that are happening right now for that fourth line single solitary position that's open. Is it going to be a winger? Is it going to be a center? Who are the front runners? We'll dig into that with the fellas. Taylor Hall had a got your backstory for us on the Got Your Back NHL edition. If you had, didn't have a chance to hear that, we're going to re-rack that for you. A really cool story from Taylor Hall. Talk a little bit about what we're seeing out in Chicago. And then Struddy's World. We'll talk a little bit about the order power, or penalty kill, rather, and uh, who they may be relying on this upcoming season. Then, of course, we're live streaming here on Twitter and on YouTube. So we would love to hear your comments. Uh, fire your comments into Zuby on the YouTube stream. Still don't have the Twitter comments going yet, but Zuby will be tracking them on the YouTube page, and we will uh, do a segment at the end of the podcast where we get you involved as well. Let's get to our breakdown, though, tonight, brought to you by Adrenaline Diesel, Edmonton's heavy-duty diesel truck repair shop specializing in heavy-duty commercial truck and trailer repair, performance tuning, and parts sales in Edmonton. With seven bays and a vast dealer network, their highly reviewed customer support team and professional diesel mechanics, they're ready to help you out with all your needs. Check them out at AdrenalineDiesel.ca. Brandon Sutter. COVID took a lot from a lot of people, no question. Uh, for Brandon Sutter, what was a real solid NHL career, uh, you know, was dramatically affected by his bout with long COVID. Wanted to prove something to himself, guys. Wanted to try and come back. Wanted to see if he could still do it. I think what he did here was was noble. And I don't think he was that far off. But at 34 years of age, released from the PTO and announces his retirement. But Strud's absolutely nothing to be ashamed of here. There's a congratulations ode to Brandon Sutter, in my opinion. Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible that he came back. I mean, not having played for two years. And then it's not like he was 24. 
you know, he was his older guy. So to get those wheels turning again, to, to get back into it, um, what was going to be a challenge? Uh, you know, unfortunately for the Oilers and for Brandon, I mean, he was exactly what they needed. A big right shot center that could win face-offs. That's what he is. That's what he does. Um, but, you know, it, did, it, it wasn't a fit here for the Oilers for, for whatever reason. And uh, he decides he's going to, you know, just set sail and, and know he got his way back to uh, go kind of on his terms a little bit. So um, it leaves Oilers with a big hole to fill or a hole to fill. Uh, not that he was the only solution. Uh, but for him, it was an incredible career. Uh, should be really proud of it. You know, it, it, it's tough. I mean, as Struds and I, when we were playing and we got older, every year it seemed a little bit tougher coming to training camp <laughs> and playing against all those younger players. So you had a guy coming in at 34 years old, so he's already in the, the, the eighth and ninth inning of his career, and he's coming in two and a half years without playing. Take away the COVID part and the long COVID. If he was anybody coming back after two and a half years off at that age, is going to yeah. struggle and it would be tough for them to make a team let alone a team with stanley cup aspirations you throw in the fact that for the majority of those two and a half years he was quite ill i mean he talked about uh being able to get his breath walking around the block not knowing whether or not he'd live a normal life again so i think all of those things uh were stacked against him yet he came to camp he played in games now uh, he wasn't the the sutter that we've seen in the past but i mean he didn't look out of place and we've seen guys come to camp and look out of place. So he got himself to the point where he could play in an NHL hockey game and feel good about himself. Unfortunately for him, he's not the same player he was two and a half years ago. COVID took too much out of him. And uh, he's going to go off into the sunset knowing that he's had a very, very good career and can be proud of the career and the fact that he was able to come back and play a couple games here in the exhibition season. 770 NHL games, 152 goals, 289 points, played in uh, 50 playoff games as well. Uh, Carolina, Pittsburgh, Vancouver, and that was short tryout stint with the Edmonton Oilers. And yeah, listen, Alberta boy, right? 11th overall draft pick from the famed Sutter family. It was a heck of a heck of a career and just wasn't there for him. You know, I think the foot speed wasn't quite there. Just being able to get up to speed with everything going on around him. Uh, he took a real good run at this thing, and I think that he was close, but just not quite enough there, and so he decides to to pack it in. He talked to us during training camp as well, but there was a time where he was just he was just wanting to be healthy so he could live a normal life. And so he's he's got perspective in that way, you guys. He sees the value of it because he's felt like that at times was slipping away. So we wish Brandon all the best in whatever comes next for him. As for the Oilers' struds, they've got a position open. They're probably only going to keep 12 forwards, but there is a position open. Could be a winger. Could be a center. The center battle, really, I mean, what's this boiling down to if it's going to be a center for sure? Peterson plays center. Uh, Malone can play center. Uh, Hamblin, I guess, can play some center. If it's a winger, you got Ernie in the mix, Lavoie. I wouldn't necessarily put Borgo in the conversation, but we'll mention him anyways. But I don't know, man. Like it's, I don't think it's a lock that it's going to be a center with Sutter not having worked out. Struds. Well, he would have solved a lot of the owners' uh, challenges that they had, right? They're bringing in that guy that can win those faceoffs. So now it's a little bit different. So I, I'm going to put, I'm going to include Holloway in this discussion as a top nine player. So I think we know the top six are. I think Holloway is playing that in a type of way that. Um, he's not just getting lucky and you know scoring like uh, Brendan Perlini did. He is, and not suggest that Perlini got lucky, but he, you know, I think he's playing more the right way. We're seeing him, and I think I can I can envision him on that third line with McLeod and Fogle. So then that leaves two guys, probably Yan, Mark, and Ryan are, are the two guys. You know, you yeah. need, uh, and then you know, so I don't, you know, those guys can play a little bit of center. I'm not sure if they're a true centerman. Ryan uh, can play center if he yeah. needs to. Like Ryan is the obvious choice. If if a if a center doesn't grab this thing, yeah. Ryan can slide in there. Or Dylan Holloway could, but I agree with you. He's on the third line as of right now. So Ryan is it would be a short sorry, he would be not be a long-term solution to that fourth line center position. I think we can agree with that. Yes. Um, so you know, you're looking at Malone. I think you're looking at uh, Hamblin is another guy. You know, Raphael Lavoie, who doesn't play center, but that goal he scored last night, Brown, I got to ask you, like that was a legit goal scorer's goal on an NHL goalie. What Am I wrong? Or like, I, I he looked like Obi, he just ripped it in there and he had his hand up before he even let go of the puck. 
Well, it's funny. We've heard all about his shot. And obviously, being in the minors, I haven't seen him play. Yeah. And we've heard about his shot. And all of a sudden, last night, okay, you saw it. It's the first time we've really seen his shot yeah. uh, in, in the preseason, which is part of the problem that the Oilers are having right now. But it is. He does have a, a, a world-class shot. The thing is, for the Oilers, they're not looking for a guy that can shoot. They're looking for a guy that can force check, that can back check, that can penalty kill, that can give you energy. And so far, what I've seen from the guys that are vying for the spot, I don't think anyone's jumped out and stole it. I think the guy that you've noticed the most, in my opinion, is Lane Peterson. But Lane Peterson, you're noticing him because he's on the first power play unit. He's playing with skilled players. Now you're noticing he's not going to play there. They got some other guys that are going to play those positions when when they're healthy. He still doesn't have any points either, Brownie. Like true, true. There for him, right? No, you're right, but he's making good plays and you notice them. He skates well. But again, that's not where they need the guy to play. So what I would do over the next three games, you've got Ryan and Yanmark. You give one game to Lavoie. You give one game to Ernie. You give one game to uh, Peterson, if you think, on the fourth line. Let them play fourth line and let them play fourth line minutes. Are they able to? Now, there's some guys that as the game goes on, the more they play, the better they get. Fourth line guys for the Oilers don't get increased minutes as the game goes along. <laughs> so you got to see a guy that is going to be able to play in eight, nine minutes and give you something, give you something positive. The problem with Lavoie being that guy, he's not going to penalty kill for you. He's not on your power play. So now you've got a guy that's only going to play six, five on five minutes. Is that what you want on your fourth line? Ernie, you could probably get into a penalty killer. Um, and the one that's a wild card too, that is anyone played giving you more of these guys than Brad Malone. We know what Brad Malone gives. And are these guys knocking out of the park saying, okay, Brad Malone, we know what you get from him. You're tough. You play center. You win face-offs. I don't know if any of the guys have come in and said, pushed him out of the equation. I think they've allowed him to stay in the equation. And that's not something the Oilers want. But he's hung around simply because no one else has been better. The factor to me that matters is Raphael Lavoie and the Oilers' anticipation as to whether or not he would get pulled off of waivers to me that is a huge piece of this and here's why nobody has grabbed this thing in a way where the Oilers are going we have no choice but to risk Lavoie on waivers we have no choice if somebody would have stepped up and made this obvious where you're like oh man they got this it's a no-brainer you got to keep Peterson or it's a no-brainer you got to keep Ernie or had Sutter worked out but Nobody's outplayed Lavoie to the point where you'd be willing to potentially lose this big, tall guy that can shoot the puck like we just saw him shoot the puck. So really, I think they, someone's got to knock it, not out of the park, but at least over the fence for them to risk that, guys. And to me, Struds, nobody really has. Like Malone is an option for you in three weeks. Malone is an option for you in a month and a half. Lavoie might not be. If you move him down and someone grabs him, I don't. Th- we're not even talking about hitting a home run at this point. I think we're looking for someone to put in the outfield. Like you know, who's you know who really has had a moment of the guys we just hammered out, right? Like James Hamlin gives you everything he has. I think Brad Malone or uh, Malone does the same thing, right? Lavoie's had a moment, Struts. He, he had the buried one. He that was an unbelievable goal scorer shot. I yeah. loved it. I loved it. Ernie had a nice it. one too. Nice little spin there. And yeah, I mean, he got front. one too. So credit okay. to him there. Again, I don't know that we're looking for goals out of that, those two guys. Like obviously, and you know, I think scoring is going to be all right. You're looking for guys that can bring an element the Oilers acquire, which is speed and creating turnovers on the forecheck. That's what I think they want out of that, out of that fourth line. I'm not sure that's Raphael Lavoie. You know, and I I and it's funny, if this was four years ago, five years ago, I wonder where that where he fits in. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I am it was a mistake that he has not played an NHL game yet. He needed to get an NHL game in just so at least you have an idea of what's going on with this guy. And he'd have an idea of it. I, I just so now you're flying blind. I agree with you, Shogger. He probably is the he's in the clubhouse leader because he's the one that I like. I don't think Malone's getting picked up. I can't see Hamblin getting picked up. Some of these other guys, I, I have a hard time seeing them get picked up. But that he might get picked up and he might get a chance. But that means then either, I guess Derek Ryan's probably your sentiment then on that fourth line. Yeah. No, Yanmark, who. Point, real Sorry, quick, Brownie. Yanmark skating. Yeah. Yanmark skating a little better and could be an option in that center spot too because he has yeah. played some. Go ahead, Brownie. Well, it was a good point by Struds where he, they haven't seen what Lavoie can do at this level. 
Mm-hmm. And so now you're right, it's preseason, and now you're hoping that he does something in the preseason. And again, with preseason, you're not playing against real NHL teams. So you're seeing yeah. uh, what Lavoie can do against a half minor league team. The, the problem with Lavoie, there's a couple of things. One, he, he's not a great skater. He's not giving you energy on your uh, fourth line. And a big guy that's on your fourth line, that uh, it, it's harder for them to get into the game when you're playing eight minutes, as opposed to some guy that just buzzes around out there. And another thing about waivers, I remember, was it last year, the year before, where everyone talked about you couldn't, can't send Benson down. You don't want to send, you might lose him. You might lose him. I mean, at that point, we're like, well, he's, he's barely making the fourth line. Why is it such a big deal to lose somebody that you don't see in your, your, your team? Like, you're just hoping he can play there. I think so, Lavoie's yeah. different than Benson, though. I think Lavoie has a higher ceiling. And I think he's by 23 the time, years old. By the time Benson was going to be exposed to waivers, truly, I think people knew. I think there's a question as to what Lavoie could potentially be still, Brownie. So I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. Like, we're kind of we're talking about a fourth line position. Mm-hmm on a contending team, bottom line, when the playoffs start, he'll probably be in the press box anyways because they'll go and find somebody to solidify themselves. But in the here and now, Struds, I don't know. I think Lavoie, and and I talk to people that have watched him play more consistently in the minors, and they've said when he wants to, he can play really physically. He can actually assert himself and play that game when he wants to. So does an NHL check motivate him enough to, to help him play that way for seven minutes a night? What about this? Maybe we're looking at the wrong way. Maybe Lavoie isn't a fourth liner. Maybe he pops up to that third line, right? Maybe maybe he gets to play with uh, – oh, that's a pretty young line, though. McLeod, <laughs> no, Holloway, and Lavoie. No. no, he's not good enough to play up there, Strides. I, I know, he's but he, not. he can't play yeah, – he, yeah, but you can't play him six minutes on the fourth line. Oh, I agree. Say, I agree. That's what he's going like, to play if he's here, guys. Yeah. That's well, what well, he's going to play if, if he's here. I know, and that's so, why I've told you I wouldn't <laughs> – He's not on my fourth line. And to, to, to Ryan's point, where no. you just said to an NHL contract, he's will, he, he can play physical. Well, we're three exhibition games no, in. I agree. He's battling for that spot. I mean, if you aren't going to see it now, when, when are you going to see it? Yeah. This is where he's fighting for his... He's throwing a couple. Well, a cu- a couple. <laughs> yeah. A couple. A couple. I'm like... He's throwing a few. What? What did he hit? The jukebox? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I I haven't seen anything that looks like it. So, Shagar, let me let me put this to you here. Last year, we saw the team make a, a trade for Samurakov and got um, Klim Koskin back. Now, uh, you know, you 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 worry if if you do feel he might get picked up, is there a potential trade for something that's a better fit on your bottom six than what he is right now? Oh yeah, I mean, look, there's bubble players all over the league that potentially come in and fit better and look, I mean, there'll be movements on the waiver wire. There'll be lots of stuff happening. Scored, you know, scored 25 goals in the minors last season. We saw that shot. And part of that is tempting. You want, and you like a big body. That's the other thing. The orders, they, they don't, they don't have a lot of size in that area. Not that he plays super physical, but I don't know. Other players have changed their game a little bit in the NHL. Sure. Yeah, but you would have thought it would have changed by now. I mean, yeah, like, you're trying to make stylist. a team. You should be out there running people, going through it, like just showing. Let's just compare the two. Dylan Holloway, I think, is leaving no doubt in anyone's mind that he should be on this team and where he should start the year. Yeah, he, You know, it's, it's going to be hard for the coach to sit down and say, you know what, guys? He might be our fourth-line center. That might be the guy, right? I, I just – I have a hard time thinking that's what he is. So – now you look at this guy. Where is he pushing it? Where where is he doing it? And that goal last night, it was maybe the, the night one of the nicest goals we've had by the Oilers in preseason. Even though they haven't scored a lot, that was a goal scorer's goal. Mm-hmm. But are you going to get that for seven minutes every night? Like I, I have a vision of what that fourth. Like look at who was on the fourth line last year for Vegas, Carrier uh, or Carrier, whatever Colasar. Yeah, Keaton Colasar and and uh, somebody else. Uh, I got to pull it. They're big and physical and fast. I'll look for it here. Nicholas Nicholas Roy. Don't call me one. Yeah, that's it. Yes. So those three guys were big. They were fast. They get on the forecheck. So let's look at the Oilers' fourth line. Jan, Mark, Ryan, and Rafi Lavoie. Not sure it's quite the same. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're looking for, you know, so what are you looking for? So that's, that's what you're comparing. You're trying to beat Vegas. You're trying to beat the Kings, right? Like, that is... When I look at the, this team, what do you have to get? So is Rafa the one NHL player? He might be. 
but he's not going to play in the top six on this team unless you, I guess you could push, you know, Connor Brown down or Hyman down and then elevate Holloway. No. And then like you're, you're, you're now you're making room for a guy that you're not sure of as an NHL player and you're moving other guys around the lineup. Like it, that's, that's, that'd be pretty dramatic to have happen. Okay. So you're deciding right now, Struds, who's Stan? Brad Malone. And you risk putting LeBlanc on waivers and losing him. Yeah, I I, okay. it's, it, I haven't seen him play, man. I need to see him in NHL games, and it should have happened last year. Brownie? Well, b- yeah, Brownie. Well, I, the, the problem I have for Lavoie, and again, he might turn out to be an NHL player. He's got NHL tools when it comes to shooting the puck, and he's got NHL size. The problem with playing for the Oilers on the fourth line, he will not penalty kill. He can't yeah. skate well enough to penalty kill. He won't be on your power play. So you're putting a guy in your fourth line that can only play five on five minutes, and we've seen here with the Oilers, those players get lost in the shuffle. They just, uh, Ryan and Yanmark will both penalty kill. So they're going to find minutes for those two. Lavoie, they won't have any for him. Where if you put an Ernie there, he'll penalty kill. Um, Brad Malone will penalty kill. Now, I, I understand the whole thing about losing him on waivers and maybe he goes elsewhere. But at the best, in the next two, three years, the best he's going to be here is a fourth line player. So to start the season, you're going who? I actually I don't know yet because none none of them have jumped out yet. <laughs> I, I I got three more games. There's nobody right now that has said I want that 12 spot. None right. of them. But if it's you, me, if yeah, if it's me right now, it's Lavoie because you got to get him into games, and the and the margin between him and the next guy is not going to be very much. So rather than nope. risk losing him, get Fair him into point. games. Fair Sometimes point. players, when they get into NHL regular season action, for whatever reason, the game's moving a little faster. It's just for some reason they fit better in that style of play than even in the American League. There have been players who have come up and, and been a better fit. Tyler Pitlick was like that. He just In the NHL, he was just better than he was in the American Hockey League for whatever reason. They need to start to get a sense of what they have in this player. They need to get him some games and see if there's anything there. And if there's not, then you expose him to waivers and you bring someone else up. But unless somebody shoots the lights out here in the next few games, nobody else has grabbed this thing, so I'm keeping Lavoie. Yeah, I think that well, makes, I mean, that it's a good, makes a lot of sense. Well, and it's a good point, too, is you, you can send down Malone and give Lavoie three, five, seven games. And after seven games, if he doesn't give you anything, now you send him down. If you lose him, you lose him, and you bring up someone from the minors that you feel can do a better job. And by the way, you know what you might want to do as well? The next time McDavid and company aren't in the lineup in an exhibition game, give Lavoie some of that power play time you've been giving Peterson that he's done nothing with. Like yeah, that, that shot he's a big incredible. skilled guy with a great shot and you've got power play time to burn. You're funneling it all onto a guy that doesn't necessarily have that skill set. I'd like to see Lavoie get a little power play opportunity, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe that'll that give him the wrong something. idea. Maybe that tells you something about where they see everyone stacking up. Yeah, no, good point by you. I mean, my sense is, is it's probably Peterson's to lose here. Like right now, because he's a center and they need a center. They need a center. And I don't think they want Derek Ryan playing there. So it uh, should be interesting here in the next few days. Uh, Oilers in action. What is it, guys? They play tomorrow in mm-hmm. Seattle. Wednesday is what? Calgary? Mm-hmm. And then Seattle again on Friday. So three exhibition games here in the next few days where we'll see if things get determined. Uh, goaltending. Stuart Skinner, uh, you know, got lit up a little there. What do you think of Struds? Is, it, is there any... Any question at this point for you? Like Campbell had the one pretty strong performance, but what have you thought so far? I do still think that it'll be uh, Campbell will be in the uh, on the bo- the bench when uh, the first game rolls around. I think it'll be yeah. Stuart Skinner's first game, and um, I, I just think that you know Stu Skinner's kind of earned that. Uh, you know, last night it was a funny game. You know, like they they had most of their lineup in there. Uh, Vancouver did. Uh, they're pretty they're a pretty strong team, and they were you know Pedersen scored some goals. Quinn Hughes was putting on a a clinic. Um, and, you know, the Oilers didn't have a lot to push back. They had kind of their second line, uh, even though they're maybe missing their second line center. I'll just say this as a side note. I was, I was watching that game, and I think Quinn Hughes is an amazing player. I know that Brownie said he's probably uh, – he's one of your favorite players to watch in NHL. But as I watch that guy, is he a guy that's going to carry you over the top in the playoffs as a smallish defenseman? You know, like it's – I just look at him thinking, is that a guy that's going to help you win a Stanley Cup? Like, are you, are you, are you, are there, is there foundation flawed, uh, for, well, for playoff success? 
Well, I mean, take it a step further. Further, their superstar forward is Elias Pettersson, who's another small, slight player. Yeah. And yeah. and I look at him, and I and I enjoy watching him play. But for sure, you start comparing him against the other superstars in the league. Is he big and strong enough when it comes to a playoff series to be able to go? I actually have more faith in Quinn Hughes than I would in Elias Pettersson. Now we haven't seen either in that situation. I hope we do. I I enjoy watching Quinn Hughes play. He is so smart. And I would love right. to see what he could do at playoff time. I, as far as the goaltending thing, I do believe, I agree with, with Strides. I believe it's Skinner will start game one. But I'm not sold that for 83 games from now, game one of the playoffs, that it will still be Skinner. I think Campbell will push. Whether he can upseat Stuart Skinner, I don't know. But I, I think Campbell's going to have a bounce back year. And that's what the Oilers want. They want two goalies competing. And whichever goalie plays the best down the stretch, he'll get the playoff game. And I think that's the way it should be. And I think that makes them a better hockey club. Tilt your head down there, Brownie, because your appearances are brought to you by Kin Print. <laughs> Company with decades of experience filling any and all of your promotional apparel and embroidery needs. Check them out at kinprint.ca. Yeah, a few more games here. Let them... If Skinner has one more bad one and Campbell has another really good one, then I think what I talked about before training camp starts to happen where at least there's a discussion, there would be a mm -hmm. discussion, right? If Skinner has one where it's at, eh, not great, and Campbell plays another solid one, Struds, we're talking about it at least. We'll be yeah. talking about it. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Um, yeah, I think there's got to be a little bit of, you know, hey, man, good job last year. You, you get her start. Like, I think a little bit of that reward yeah. creeps into it. Um, you know, got to have faith in the guy. But, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say Skinner had a bad night last night. I mean, it was a yeah. bit, you know, like a couple of me didn't see, um, you know, I, like they said, they were pretty outgunned, uh, you know, especially up front. Yeah. They were when uh, Campbell won his game too, I think, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Outgunned. If that was in Calgary. Was that in Calgary? Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, that was in Calgary. Yeah, no, that's fair. Mm -hmm. And then the power play, look at the power play too. I mean, you know, the Oilers power play has looked uh, below average, you know, with, with some of the, some of the. Peterson on the half wall. Yeah. And that, that's no disrespect for these guys. I, I always nah, feel like you guys are laughing because I'm making fun of them. But I mean, like, it's a little bit different when you have, you know, Dylan Holloway trying to carry it over the blue line than Connor McDavid. And that's, yeah. and I have, I have a lot of upside on Holloway, but I mean, that's just a fact, you know, it's just a, it's a little bit different. Okay, that was a breakdown brought to you by Adrenaline Diesel. When we come back, we're going to we'll dive into the order penalty kill a little bit. That's coming up uh, a little bit later on. Strutty's world as well. Ask us anything where we're going to hop onto the stream. We got lots of great action here on the stream. We really appreciate the questions everybody's sending in, and we're going to get to some of those in just a couple of minutes. When we come back, though, we're going to check in with Taylor Hall. We interviewed him this week, had a great got your back story. Just a quick check in on what's happening with him and Connor Bedard. Tons more still ahead. Hey everyone, it's Kelly here for United Sport & Cycle. The wait is over. United's annual Hockey Day sale is finally here. Save 20% off on select CCM and Bauer skates. Save 35% off on all Bauer and CCM Pro Stock sticks. And save up to 25% off on select Bauer and CCM equipment. And for you goalies, save up to 20% off select Bauer, Warrior and CCM goal gear. Trust the experts at your home of hockey for over 95 years. United Sport and Cycle. Okay, heroes, are you trying to tough it out through a sports or life injury right now? Trying to prove your mettle by grinding through, gritting your teeth? Well, Redefined Health is here to say it's time to come on in. At Redefined Health, they'll high-five you for your toughness and then get to work on helping you fix the problem. Helping athletes and heroes find better balance, performance, and injury prevention, visit redefinehealth.com. All right, time now for our takeaway segment brought to you by Martin Motorsports, your one-stop marine and recreation shop. The snow is coming soon, gentlemen. So for those that love their toys, got to go check out Martin Motorsport. They got top of the line everything all the best name brands snowmobiles everything you need to go have your winter fun whether it's on land on snow on water or on the road begin your adventure with martin motorsports visit martinmotorsports.ca i'm excited to watch connor bedard play this year i'll admit guys after watching him play at the junior level 
I had some questions about physically if he would be able to be as impactful as other number one overall picks with similar hype have been. But it's still early days, but the highlights that I'm seeing, the things I'm hearing, uh, Brownie doesn't feel like it's going to be too much of a problem. He's looked pretty good so far. Well, I mean, he's always been smaller, so he's used to that. Uh, I think he's proved at every level or every uh, step of the way that uh, he is the best at at his age group, and there's been no one even close. So I, people are asking, what do I think, Bedard, can he be Connor McDavid? Can he be like, I'm like, no. But if he has a career like a Patrick Kane, that's a pretty good career. And I see him more as that kind of hockey player, someone that uh, uh, may not dominate like a McDavid or a Dreisel where you have the puck on their stick all the time. But when there is a, a chance when the puck comes to him, I think he's going to make a big play. He's going to make a smart play. When he gets a, a step on someone, I don't think you're going to catch him. So I agree. I agree. I'm excited to see what he's capable of doing. I've watched, we got to see a lot of him over the last couple of years, World Juniors, and they would show the junior games. His skill level's through the roof. And the stuff he can do with the puck on his stick. And the one thing Chicago has done is they put some veteran players in place. And I used to talk about having Taylor Hall on here in a little bit. They've got some skill level there, too, to allow him to, to be him and not have to carry a franchise, but to be a good complementary player to a bunch of other good players they brought in. I got to watch Connor uh, play two, two, two world juniors, right? Half of it was cut, and then the next one. And I, I couldn't believe how skilled he was. And I think one of the things that makes Patrick Kane so great is he gets really close to all the muck, but he never gets caught in the muck, right? Like he never gets hammered or logged down or jammed down. And I think that's the greatness that Patrick Kane is. And I see the same thing in, in uh, Connor Bedard. So I, I think he's going to have a very, very good, NHL, like a great NHL career. Um, and I, I wouldn't worry about his size too much because I've seen Patrick Kane do it. And he turned out to be a pretty good, pretty good leader for that Chicago team. You know Taylor Hall pretty well, Struds. How about this guy? He's like shepherding number one <laughs> overall pick after yeah. number one overall pick into the league. He's just, come with me. I will show you yeah. the way. He wasn't as heralded as Connor Bedard, but he has run a gauntlet that very few run, and that is being a number one overall pick in Canada. A Canadian, that's a potential number one overall pick. He's run that gauntlet. Connor Bedard just did it as well. How much do you think Taylor Hall can help with that situation out there? You know Taylor. Yeah, so he's been through it himself. And he's like you said, he's helped other players through the same thing. I mean, who better in the league uh, that's currently playing to help a guy? Just just to, just to help bend his ear, just to, if he can talk to you and just, this is what's going to happen. This is how it's going to feel. This is what's going to go on. So I think it's a great, I love the trade for them, uh, when I say for the Blackhawks. Um, and just to have him there with them. Uh, you know, he went through this. I remember Taylor Hall, like, you know, just... He didn't really understand how hard he had to work out, you know, and Horkoff and I'd be kind of talk to him and he'd be like, oh, why do I have to work out? Well, that's what you do. If you want to play for 15 years, you work out every day in the gym. That's how it works. Like it's not just come in with your fancy teal shirt on. Right. Uh, so I, I think that he's a, he's grown so much as a person. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of his and I, I give him a really hard time. But I think it's a great spot for, for him to be to, to be beside him. Well, everyone worries about Bedard and his size. But Bedard, guys like Bedard, uh, Kane, uh, Korea, uh, Marty St. Louis, all these smaller players, yeah. uh, Theo Fleury, they knew how not to get hit. <laughs> they knew how to, as you said, how Kane was always around the muck but would never get hit because they're smarter than the players they play against. They don't put themselves in a position where they can get run over. Everyone says, well, what, like Johnny Goudreau, just run over Johnny Goudreau. Well, yeah. nobody can catch him. Yeah, if, if every time the Edmonton Oilers played against the Calgary Flames, their goal was to run over Johnny Goudreau. Yet you couldn't do it, and I believe that's what's going to be with Connor Bedard. He's smart. He knows where he can go, where he can't go, and then when he beats you, he will make you look silly because he's got hands that, uh, I mean, they're magic. His hands are magic. Some of the things that I've seen him do in the highlights are magic that other players in the National Hockey League cannot do. And his shot, his shot, his release. My God. Looks like he's not even trying. Yeah, pretty ridiculous. How many goals, guys? Let's just throw a prediction down right now for Connor Bedard. I think that team's pretty weak. I think if you got 25. to thirty. Yeah, I think I, I think if he gets to thirty, it'd be a really good year. So we're kind of thirty strides. Well, if he gets to thirty, that'd be a really good year on that team. Yeah. What do you think? I'm gonna say thirty-five. 
It's what he does. That's his main thing. He always Mm. is looking to shoot it. And as long as he doesn't get into this mode where he feels like he needs to defer, I think he's going to have three, four shots most nights. And you give him a look, he can beat a goalie. So we'll say 35. I was a little bit more skeptical before. But the things I'm reading and seeing out of uh, out of Chicago make me think oh, maybe it'll be a faster. Uh, he'll get acclimatized a little bit faster than I thought. So 25, 30, and 35 are the predictions. Let's get to the Weiss Johnson sound box. Uh, be proactive rather than reactive and get your furnace or heating system serviced and tuned up for winter so you know you won't have to worry because when it's minus 30 and everybody's furnace is breaking down, at least those who didn't get it done at Weiss Johnson, that is not the time to get it fixed. So call them now. Get a tune-up. Visit WeissJohnson.com. Johnson, Johnson, had, had Taylor Hall on the Got Your Back NHL edition last Wednesday. So if you want to check your podcast platforms, that's Pierre Lebrun, Mike Johnson, and myself. And Taylor Hall was our first guest of the season. It was a great interview. Struds, to your point about how much he's matured, he's so relaxed. He's got a baby on the way here any day now. He's going to be having his first child. He's so relaxed and really well-spoken. We had a lot of fun with him, so check out that entire interview. But one of the things he did do was he gave us a great got-your-back story, right? That's what we want here on the podcast. Tell us about that time in your life where somebody came through for you, where somebody had your back. We put that question to Taylor Hall, and uh, he had an awesome story. Um, so that my answer, I, I had, I told this story to someone the other day at the Hawks facility because they brought his name up, but, um, in Kingston and in Belleville ball, ball hockey is pretty big and we played a lot of ball hockey in the summer and I would go play with other 91s and Andrew Shaw was on my team and we were playing an older team from Belleville and his brother happened to be on the team and they they were older guys. So they weren't wearing full cages like we were. And I took a slap shot or a one timer and my stick came up and I knocked out a couple of his brother's two teeth. Oh. And after the game, <laughs> his brother comes running into our dressing room to try and take me out, throw a couple punches. <laughs> Andrew Shaw gets up and fights his own brother for me because I was on his team. Oh, my goodness. Come on. I remember that because I told that story to someone the other day, and that was kind of like when I knew I'd have to answer that question, That's that was the first thing that came to mind. It was always always funny when I look back at that time. You must have been sitting there with your mouth, your jaw just dropped. Like, what is happening? (laughs) It it was funny, and and – Andrew Shaw's dad was our coach too. So and like the mom was in the crowd. Like it was, it was pretty funny. And if you know, Andrew, he's, you know, he was a competitor and I'm sure he still is. Um, but so who yeah, won the fight? Funny. Did he knock out any more of his teeth? I, I think it was like a more of a wrestling, like they just wrestled each other down, but crazy. Yeah. They, I, and I remember, you know, saying to the mom, like, I'm really sorry. She's like, don't worry. We got dental insurance. I was like, okay, <laughs> it sounds good. That's awesome. That's a great that's story. As Canadian, that's as Canadian a hockey story oh, yeah. uh, as there is right there. Let me tell you. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. I love it. What a great story. Brother versus brother because teammates come before family on any given night. Gentlemen, Struds, what do you think, man? That's a great story. I hadn't heard that one before. I, I love that. I love when I'm surprised by a story. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not surprised. You know, knowing having played against that shy, not surprised. He looks like the kind of guy who'd fight anyone to get an advantage. <laughs> he was probably waiting. He, he's been waiting to fight his brother all day. He finally got the opportunity. <laughs> like, yeah, thank you. That is funny, though. <laughs> that's sad. That'd be one I'd remember a long, long time, too, like Tara Hall did. So that's that's a good one. For sure. Wonder how many points he can get this season, guys. What do you think? I mean, Taylor Hall. Yeah. What do you have? How's he going to do there? Seventy-five. Look, seventy-five. Yeah, get to that seventy-five range. So how many? Well, again, let's ask Bedard. How many think Bedard gets? Does he get point a game? Is he at eighty? Hall was thirty-six in sixty-one games last year. But remember how far down the lineup he played in Boston at times, right? Um, so he's getting power play. You're saying he's getting. Oh yeah, he'll be getting. He'll be getting all of it. So I'm going to say 65 points for Taylor Hall this year. I think he, you know, I wouldn't push as high as 70, 75. He's got a new baby. That's got to shave five, <laughs> ten points off at least. Some of those late nights. He's going to be. 
He's going to be excited about road trips, though. That's where you <laughs> yeah. sleep when you get away from the, the wife and baby. You get to go to sleep on the road. Yeah, so, so like I bedard at thir- I was thinking around 30 and 30. If you can get 60 points, 30 and 30, no. I think that's a pretty good year. Like, um, and then so Taylor Hall, does he get more than him? I I don't know. I think they'd probably be around each other. I, yeah, I put 35, 25 for Bedard, I think would probably be my range. Yeah, yeah, like 60 and 60 for both of them, probably assuming they play together all year. Okay, that was uh, Takeaways brought to you by Martin Motorsport. Real short break, and then Strutty's World oh, yeah. is coming up. Long Shots Golf is the destination for both golf enthusiasts and sports fans. Top-of-the-line trackman simulators provide a highly entertaining and accurate golf experience, while a full-service sports bar loaded with big screens and scratch kitchen make it a truly unique destination. They have locations in Sherwood Park in Edmonton. Experience the best indoor golf and sports bar in town. Visit longshots.ca. That's longshots with a Z.ca. Are you ready to elevate your moving experience? Trusted for over 100 years, Ferguson Moving and Storage are your partners in relocation, ensuring your journey is smooth and stress-free. And say goodbye to surprises with Ferguson's transparent flat rate pricing. Contact them now for a free moving quote and use the promo code FERGUSON to receive $100 off your next move. Visit fergusonmoving.com and let them lift your expectations. When you make a mistake, heads should roll. Just me and Nick Lachey, window down, shirt off, just loving it. My goal is someday made before scum. No, but I say it out loud. It does sound a little crazy. All right, you know it, you love it. Strutty's World brought to you by Pathfind. If you own or operate a business, you know the value of a great employee. Pathfind is there to help you find your next star player, to help take your business to the next level. They truly have your whole team covered. Find your organization's path forward at pathfind.ca. What is on your mind, Struts? 5%. I'm looking for 5 more percent out of seven Oilers team on the penalty kill. Right last year they were at 20th spot and to get up to the top 10 they have to get improved by 5% of their penalty kill. Um and I think there's a couple of ways they're going to do it. Number 1, I think you need to reduce Connor McDavid's penalty kill time dramatically. Last year he had 100 and about 101 minutes in the, in penalty killing time. That was Pretty high. When you look at the other top nine scores, if you add it up, eight, two through eight, or sorry, two through nine, that's eight players add up all their time. Combined, those players added up to 96 minutes of penalty killing time. That's right. 96 minutes between two and nine. And you know what's crazy? One of his buddies, Leon Dreisaitl, second in scoring, had almost half of that time. So if you take out Leon Dreisaitl, you've got guys like Pasternik at five minutes, Kucherov, one minute, uh, McKinnon, six Jason Robertson, one. Kachuk, 31 minutes. And then Miko Ranson at 250. The next highest guy after that at 10, Nugent Hopkins, 147 minutes in penalty killing time. I believe they need to bring that down twofold. One, you want to keep McDavid fresh. He doesn't need to be out there killing penalties. Two, you want to get more players involved. So that's where step two of this comes in. And I think this will help them get up. It's clear that Nugent Hopkins and Yanmark are going to be, if not the first two, two guys over the board, two of the first guys over the board. After that, I believe you have Brian McLeod will be another guy that will be going in there. Through tra- training camp, I was kept looking at uh, Sutter. Sutter had played, I think, three games. And he was about seven and a half minutes of penalty killing time until he was released from his trial. So he's off the board. The next, the guy who has the highest per game average in penalty killing, Connor Brown. And two years ago with Ottawa, they had their 13th best power play. He had 166 minutes of penalty killing time, which would be more than Nuge. Uh, so the guy knows how to kill penalties. He's been an opportunity to kill penalties. So I'm here to tell you the top four penalty killers for the orders will be Nugent Yanmark, followed by Ryan McLeod and Connor Brown. Those are your four guys. I believe those guys will be able to lift this penalty kill along with maybe a little bit more detail in the defensive zone. Over 5% more to get him in the top 10 because as I've been saying, it might not be the difference every game, but leave no stone unturned. So when you need it, your penalty kill and get it done. Guys, McDavid out, Connor Brown in. I'll hang up and listen. You never take Connor McDavid out. You don't. He becomes, I think you you don't use him as much. I think he's a situational penalty killer, depending on what's going on in the game. If you're losing in a game, a couple goals, you throw Connor McDavid out. 
He scares opposition's power play. He changes how the other team plays on the power play. The guy at the top is nervous when Connor's out there. So Connor McDavid, you do not take him out of it. You can lower his minutes. I agree with that. But he's a situational penalty cutter. When you're winning, he doesn't come on the ice on the penalty kill. But if you're losing, Connor McDavid's going to continue to go out there because he's the best. He's just, just as big a scoring threat penalty killing as he is on the power play. He's that good. Four shorthanded goals I think he had last season too, right? And and the Oilers were a good shorthanded team. They were dangerous. They threw power mm -hmm. plays off because of that danger. I do agree with you though, Brownie. Situationally, when you're tied and needing a goal or down, I think you consider it. I'm not so sure about tied because he can come flying off the bench the first shift mm -hmm. after the kill is done. Struds, would you concede that if you're down a goal, you need to have McDavid killing a penalty late in the game? Last year... Uh, Matthias Janmark was on the ice for seven goals for as a penalty killer, seven. And he played less, uh, less games than Connor. Connor McDavid was on for eight. So is he also a dangerous player on the penalty kill? Janmark is, yeah. All the others are very dangerous on the penalty kill. The others are a dangerous penalty killing team, 100%. Right. But, but Connor McDavid does not come off the penalty kill if the team is losing. He's too valuable. He's too good a penalty killer to take him off. When you need a goal, you have Connor McDavid out there. They, the Oilers were down shorthanded five versus three against the Boston Bruins. They put Connor and Leon out there, and they dominated almost scoring. That's how dangerous they are. But the Oilers need to get up from 20th to fifth to another 5% to the top 10, I believe. And I get it. They're, very, they're, they're pretty good penalty killers. But there's other players that have to get involved in it as well. And those guys have to have, take ownership because Connor was the third highest guy for, for penalty kill minutes, about a minute and a half a game. No, yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree less, but he still has to. When they're losing, he has to be on the penalty kill. Dylan Holloway's got a penalty kill skill set. Uh, he's been yep. used in the preseason on the penalty kill as well. Let me check his stats here. Let's see how much he was trusted to kill penalties. 51 games played, average time on ice, shorthanded, zero. <laughs> well, to be fair, to be fair, Shogger, to be fair, he's been the fourth highest guy in pre through preseason. He has the fourth most. Uh, Ernie is actually the second highest uh, now that Sutter, I guess he's number one now that Sutter's out of the equation. So that's another guy in there. Um, but I, so I, I, I could see a rotation of Janmark, of Nuge, of the two guys I mentioned, Connor and, and uh, McLeod, uh, Connor Brown, that is, McLeod, Derek Ryan, and Holloway. I think maybe those are your guys. And then you mix in uh, Holloway. And I, 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 I hear everything you're saying, uh, Brownie, about scoring on the offense. I, I get that. But, you know, I think if they can come, I love it when they come out maybe with 10, 15, 20 seconds left. I don't need to see them out there with a minute 15 still in the power play. You know, I just don't, I just don't know that that's like scoring on the PK. I don't know if that's really what you need to do. It is when you're losing. So yeah. I, I, Connor McDavid, yeah. he's, he's the best player in the world. I mean, right now in Toronto, they're teaching Matthews how to penalty kill because they want to use him more. They so want to try him on the penalty kill. He had one minute of penalty killing last year. Kucherov, one I know, minute. that's what I mean. No, but Matthews, they've talked yeah. about it. They want him to kill more yeah. because they want to have that dangerous... If they need a goal, they want to have yeah. be able to put their best player on the ice. So I understand not putting Connor McDavid yeah. out in a, when they're winning 4-2 in the middle of the second period, 100%. But if they're down 4-2 in the second period, Connor McDavid's penalty killing for me. The interesting part about it is when you looked at the two Stanley Cup finalists, they were one above and two below. The Oilers, so they're like 19th and 22nd, Florida and and uh, hmm. and um, Vegas. Vegas in the penalty kill. But I, I listen. I don't. If I'm Jay Wood, I don't want to leave anything to chance. That's why I, I, I keep going over where where can they have improvement. I think that there's some low hanging fruit on this penalty kill and get them up from 20th up to even if they're top top half of the league. Like just don't. It's not a problem until you need it, right? Until you run against someone who you really need to kill penalties against and. I just, I, I just hate leaving something unturned, trying to win a Stanley Cup, and you're like, well, it's, it's good enough. Well, it was good enough for Vegas, but maybe it won't be good enough, right? I, I, why leave it to chance? Who's killing for you on the back end, Struds? Nurse, CC, Ekholm, and Vinny. So Vinny's in the lineup then. Where's Philip? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's the problem. I, I, I think we're, you know, we're going to go around in circles again. <laughs> that's that's the problem. <laughs> you know, I it's it's that's that's the issue. So, I honestly think, guys, I think we're going to see seven defensemen because they because Vinny kills penalties and they and Shogger to use your words, 
they like their seventh demon better than like their 12th forward. I, I really think that. Um, I, I just, I think Vinny's a penalty killer. Wonder if Vinny can take some shifts at fourth line center. <laughs> just see how it works. Robert. Well, last game he he came straight on the ice and went, or is it last game or two games? Whenever he skated all the way down in front of the net when they were going six on four against yeah, Calgary, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. they threw him up on the floor. I was like, oh my goodness, uh, I didn't see awesome. that coming. But I agree. We we're talking a lot about who could be the twelfth forward because we can't figure out who it's going to be. The easiest solution is you like your seven D, so you go eleven and seven. Because nobody is here is they're going to try and get away from that. Everything I'm hearing is they're going to try and get away from that. But there's a reason why I, I flat out asked Woodcroft yeah. that the other day. And he kind of, I said, so, uh, or a 12, six formation more likely this year. And he got that smirk on his face as well. We like to be a team that, uh, has various looks <laughs> and various options, Ryan. Yeah. So you know, the Edmonton Oilers want to be a team that can keep their options open. Well, well let's look okay. at this. That's so smile on his face. Else? Who else can play center? So uh, we know we know all the way can. Yeah. So you know, can you can you rotate other guys to get them a little bit more ice time, right? Like I, I think Connor Brown's gonna be killing penalties. Like Evander Kane's gonna be maybe second unit power play, sometimes first line. Can you put can he play center or could he put Ryan at center and play Yanmark with Kane? Like I think we got to get creative about who can play on that fourth line and rotate guys to bulk up their ice time, right? To bring that ice time up. Nuge will get enough ice time. The top two guys will get ice time. You know, Zach Hyman, I think he's going to get ice time on the power play. So who who needs it, you know, to, to, to be able to get some ice time? They can they can juice. They got to build some lines with some identities. They do. You need it to win in a Stanley Cup final. You got to have good players on all four lines you need to have an identity for all four lines i believe they're going to try and build a third line that has an identity going with 11 forwards you just mishmash things up and over the long haul you don't build lines in your bottom six that have identities you, you have holes everywhere i don't think it's a long-term solution but given their roster situation it might just be what they have to do uh that was strutty's world Brought to you by Pathfind. All right, in our final segment, we're going to head on over to the YouTube stream. And a big thanks to everybody that's joining us. Mm -hmm. Junk people here on YouTube and some watching on Twitter as well. Zuby has been behind the scenes compiling the best of. So we will get to that. And our Ask Us Anything segment is brought to you by Match Eatery and Public House. Your destination for all the sports action, big screens, ice cold beer, all your pub favorites, perfected match eatery and public coast located adjacent to Rogers Arena in the Grand Villa Casino. For more information, visit matchpub.com. Zuby, how's the mood on the stream tonight, my friend? It's good. We got we have a very wise people on the stream because it, it feels like the questions they're asking. A lot of the time, as we going as we're going along, are the ones you guys end up answering anyway. When we end up so answering, that's why I'm uh, always... Doobie, before you get going, yeah. uh, Strud, you smiled and laughed when he brought himself up on camera. I feel like there's a chirp sitting there waiting, and I'm going to oh. open the floor to you, Struds. I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm. I'm trying to be very positive today. Uh, <laughs> trying to be a nice, nice guy. Is it the shirt? Is it the no, hat? Nothing. What's the? No, no, nothing. I'm not. I'm just. I'm trying to be polite. I saw know? it. I saw it. Like to be polite. What does that mean? Uh, I'll have to watch the tape. I'll have to watch the tape. Uh, you know, Zuby, watch like that back. When you first pop up on camera, he's, he chortles for some reason. I'll have to so. watch myself apparently too. He's saying he'll have to watch. <laughs> You're going to watch the tape on me. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry to throw you off. Zuby, bring it. Bring no it worries. Let's go saying. back. Let's go back to Vancouver uh, last night. Uh, some stranger. What did you guys think of Skinner's performance last night? Uh, and I'll tack on to that. Is, is it any cause for concern? Is it difference, different for a goalie to have a so-so preseason performance as opposed to a skater? Brownie? I think he was average. Um, you let in five goals, you weren't good. I don't think there was goals that you would say, oh, he has to have that, so he wasn't bad. So I think he was average. Is there any cause for concern? No, I don't think there's cause for concern. If he has three or four of them, now you have a little bit of concern, but... No, I think he was just average. He wasn't at his best. When he's at his best, the pucks find him. Last night, or the other night, the pucks were finding a way to miss him. Yeah, I'm with you. I think you have to. It's preseason, right? Everyone's trying to find their game. Um, so I, I would not. I would not be concerned. Okay. What Good about rolling, uh, also from last night, uh, uh, Dave? Uh, saying he felt DeHarnay is a liability, but he also wanted to know thoughts on that uh, cross-check to the face and his game in Vancouver uh, yesterday overall. And did you think that cross-check was 
anything or just something that happened. Vinny's got a little snap show in him now and then. Remember the two-handed chop to the back in between the shoulder blades of David Pasternak last year? <laughs> and, and Darren had talked about how he wants to get some of that under control, doesn't want to hurt his team with bad penalties, but that's just going to be in his game a little bit here and there. I wouldn't say that it makes him a liability because he did it in preseason, but I think there was a little too much of it in his game last year, Strud's. You, you like guys playing on the edge, but probably needs to pick his spots a little better. I don't mind. I don't mind it. Like, honestly, sometimes you need a little unpredictability in your lineup. Yeah. Like <laughs> obviously uh, a member of the D man uh, card carrying union member, but you know, you got to have a little bit of kind of like surprise in your lineup, you know, just everyone's, you know, think back 10 years ago, all oh, these guys are choir boys. No one is so comfortable to come and play at the Coliseum. Well, now it's not quite as comfortable. Now we all want to turn these guys off. So they're, they're, they're robots. So I can live with it. I don't, it was it was a meaningless game. He cross-checks the guy and for whatever reason. And I, I'm like, yeah, no problem. You don't think the whole rest of Canucks saw that? There's a lot of games against the Canucks this year. I thought the timing was great. I think that's the big thing, though, is the last word you said, timing. It's a time and place. There's a time and place for everything. Last year in the playoffs against Vegas, he took a silly penalty behind the, behind the net, <laughs> put them shorthanded. So it's a time and place. He has to play on the edge. Uh, you got to, he's got to have guys fearful to come down his side that have second guessing coming down the side. Okay. I'm going to go to the other side of the ice. Cause I know if I go this way, I'm going to get absolutely smoked. So yeah, time and place, but uh, you've got to be able, he's got to be able to play up to that line and sometimes creep over it just a little bit. Zuby. Uh, Shane Matheson wants to know how long is Broberg's leash this year? He hopes he gets a fair shot. He says, are they calling Carolina about Pesci? I understand money retained issue, et cetera, et cetera, or uh, a deadline time at the earliest. You can take any of that you wish to run with, fellas. Struddy? Well, I don't think Pesci's that easy because he they're trying to win too. So they're not just going to take a bad contract back. I would have felt more better about that trade. You know, there were some talks about it maybe getting trade to San Jose. Um, so if that had happened, now that's a team that, you know, whenever you give them a good deal, they're going to give it them up. But Carolina's trying to win too. They're not. They're not in the business of handing out good players. Out, oh, we're going to retain fifty percent, and we'll only take a second rounder. Like that's not happening. So, um, I, th I think the leash on Broberg. You know, I want to see Ekholm get back. I want to see the two of them together, and I'd like to see it in regular season. I want to, and I. It's got to be more than like ten shifts. It's got to be, I think, a number of games uh, for him to get in there. But I think you're going to have seven D in there. So, you know, you still got to get Vinny some shifts. It's. It is. It's. It's tough. It's a tight, tight spot for Broberg. The contracts say they need Broberg to play. They can't afford to go out and get a guy that makes three, four, five million and mm -hmm. and play him. There's gonna be there's better options out there. The others can't afford those options. So they're gonna sink or swim with Broberg and ARNA uh, for a while, see how it goes, and then around the deadline, they will make a move if they feel they need one. And they probably will. They'll find a veteran defenseman. I don't think the 7D they have right now is a Stanley Cup winning 7D. But I do believe it's a D that'll get them into the playoffs and probably or possibly win them the division and fight for a conference. I think by the deadline, they will make a move for a veteran defenseman. By the way, how about the fact that their number three center and their number three defenseman have yet to show the whites of their eyes in any meaningful <laughs> action so far in the preseason? Uh, don't know. There'll probably be an update here in the next day or two, but it's getting to the point where not ideal this deep into training camp with uh, you know this many games played and neither guy has really been. I get being cautious, but not ideal. We'll see uh, if it lingers or if both guys will be available um, probably get news here in the next day or two zuby what else who gives connor bedard the best challenge for the calder trophy this year i'd say that guy down in arizona cooley cooley i think that yeah. cooley is is going to be really tough i think he's you hear a lot of good things about him yeah i agree i think he uh Everything you hear from down there, I mean, he's just the way he plays the game. You know, the confidence that he's bringing, he's showing some stuff. I agree. I think I think that's the clear next best answer. What else, Zuby? Um, uh, TR's buddy uh, Merle out here in uh, Kelowna texted me. Saw that we're live. He said oh. uh, he said ask Brownie if he still holds some WHL scoring records from all those years ago. <laughs> do we know? Uh, I, I do. Yeah, oh, yeah, they're they're still there. Uh, I I hold the record for assists in a season. 
136, and I hold the record for points in a season, 212. They'll probably be there for a while. I don't think those will ever go down. <laughs> it's been, I'm trying to think now, so it was 18, 30, 37 years ago. Yeah. Is that my math? Yeah. I think about 37 years they've they've held up. So, yeah. I uh, Bedard, I mean, a guy like Bedard, if the Blackhawks decided to send Bedard back this year, <laughs> yeah. then maybe, maybe there's a chance, but no. They've stood for a long time, and they probably will continue for a bit. Jack Michael's writing in here to ask if that record means more to you than Strud's record for most consecutive games as a Canuck without scoring a goal. Jack. Thanks for the text, Jack. Struddy? I think that speaks to how hard they defended me. You know, they were like they didn't want the, the big guy score. I, I get it. I get it. I would have done the same thing. Uh, all right, just taking a quick peek at the stream here. Uh, Malone is just a run-of-the-mill guy, says GB. Uh, GB also says, agree with the podcast. Nobody has shown they want that last spot, but Lavoie has upside. I want to see him with better players. That's a decent point there. Um. Yeah, some really good points. Some good conversations. Zuby, did you have any more circled, or do we are we moving on? I got one. It might be a little bit too detailed uh, of an answer, yeah. but Obelisk uh, is talk asking: Is the Oilers PK scheme normal? He calls it. Um, he thinks they allow too many cross team passes and allowed too many backdoor plays. It how how without getting too technical, like what how how do you describe the Oilers power power play scheme? And is it a common one seen across the league? Brownie, what do you got? I don't penalty kill. <laughs> that's that's your that's your domain. Yeah. You want to talk about the PP? I'm in, but penalty yeah. kill, no. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what? It, it it looks like they're really trying to keep the guys and get in the middle of the ice, so they push down. You know, like where where the guy comes up and then kind of pushes down down the wall to push them down, so they can't get up to the middle of the ice. Um, get the guy because I think it's harder to defend from the middle, and then. I, I th still think the Oilers can do a better job of staying tighter and then getting their sticks. When you skate back to towards the net, get your stick on the ice to take away passing. I think too often their sticks are in the air like uh, an older Harry Potter. Yeah, and it is normal. <laughs> like the penalty, the penalty kill that they're using is is pretty common. They have that top forward on a bit of a hinge, and what what you'll often see is when it goes D to D. It's the defenseman in front of the net who has to now front the shot from the blue line, sometimes 20, 25 feet away. It's, it's, I mean, you're down a guy, so there's going to be weakness. But I noticed that on some of the penalty kills here where when they came across, that D-man turns and he's staring at a guy at the top of the circle and it's him and the goalie. And I don't love that look. I think we'll see some guys be able to walk down, so not Main Street, but the side street and get some good shots. But it is a fairly common penalty kill system. We'll see. They'll tighten it up here. But anytime you see that I formation with three guys through the middle, they're trying to take away that seam through the middle. They are focused on it. They were focused on it last year. Sometimes you just get beat. Okay, that was Ask Us Anything. And that was brought to you by Match Eatery and Public House. Final, final segment of the day, the gem of the day, brought to you by Edmonton's most iconic home for everything sports, United Sport and Cycle. Definitely your home for hockey fans. Stick skates, mask pads. They can get you outfit and ready to dominate on the ice. Check out unitedsports.ca. We never determined who was doing the gem of the day today, but I, I have one in mind. Struds, okay. do you have one as well? Nope. Go, I just always assume it's me, but if you've got a good one, go for it, buddy. Well, I'd like to hear yours, and then I'll come over the top with mine. Okay. And, well, I, and... I actually, I'm going to give you credit. You actually made a really good point, and you may have changed oh. my mind. Okay, then I don't uh, have one. I'm paraphrasing, <laughs> paraphrasing, and he said, uh, you know, how, let me say, he said, um, you believe that uh, Raphael Lavoie is on the, the team to start the, the year because, you know, the margin isn't that different, but he has more upside from the guys he's competing with. And I thought that was a really good point, and I think you changed my mind. So, Congratulations huh. on the gem of the day, Ryan Rashog. Wow. So you're super nice to me with your gem of the day. I'm going to clunk you over the head with my gem of the day. Oh. You come on, Strutty's World. Ba -ba -da -ba -da, penalty kill, this and that, this and that, this guy in there. Bottom line, McDavid out and Brown in. Brownie, what do you think? <laughs> you don't take Connor McDavid off the ice. Brownie just left. Just hammered you right between the eyes, right out of Struddy's world. It was a great point, though. Um, good Struddy's world. Brownie was not afraid to come over the top. But you know what? I remember when we talked about having Rob Brown on the podcast. What did you say to me? 
He no. thinks the game. <laughs> no, after, after. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. I wasn't supposed to say that. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, you I said, said no. No, but that's why I love having Brownie on because he and I see the game and we both want so different. Know, so differently, though. Like, I'm thinking, how are we going to stop? And he's like, how can we score more? It's yeah. 10 nothing. We got to make it 11, 11 nothing. <laughs> love it. Brownie, I love the this fact cool you're not this- afraid to just get right in his grill. Well, I didn't. I've never stayed on the show this long. I didn't know what gem of the night was. I'm all excited. <laughs> well, hey, one. you keep you keep coming on, making great points like that. You're going to win many gems of the night. Uh, that was gem of the night, brought to you by United Sport and Cycle. Big thanks to all of our sponsors. They are the ones that make it happen. Uh, really appreciate it to everybody that joined us on the live stream as well. Your downloads and your subscriptions. We're having tons of fun, and the regular season hasn't even started. So can't wait to see where we can take this thing this year. But having a blast here on Got Your Back. Zuby, good job behind the scenes. We're going to drop one tomorrow night post-game. Likely another live stream. So check us out then. Till then, have a great start to your week.